You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Techie Leadership Show. Today with us we have Pascal Schreiber. He's the founder and managing director of Regional Hero. As initiators and supporters of 40 Europe-wide non-profit projects, including Health and Berlin and Gesundheit.com, they have collected over 1.8 million euros in emergency aid from private consumers for more than 10,000 small and medium enterprises within three months. From this, they have developed a business model for digitizing local retail at high speed and are looking for supporters, partners, and colleagues. Well, more than this, we will find out from the man himself. Please welcome Pascal Schreiber. Hey, Pascal. Hey, hello. Great to be here. Nice to have you. Yeah, our pleasure. Would you like to add a little bit more about yourself? Sure, sure. Yeah, so, um, yeah, my name is Pascal Schreiber. Um, I'm right now, like, building a new company, which is called Regional Hero. And this is a company really, like, uh, yeah, really young. So the company is just, like, four months old and was established out of um, a lot of non-profit projects that we uh, built up during the lockdown and Corona um, and started with Health in Berlin in Berlin. Um, like, uh, yeah, like, like I already mentioned, with these platforms, we were able to collect 1.8 million euros um, for local businesses who didn't have any chance during this time to make any other revenue. So they basically were like closed. Um, so what is my route? So actually, I'm uh, yeah, I was working five years for PayPal. This is where I actually like um, collected or get my uh, get, got my experience how to handle money, how to like work with uh, um, payment online and all the uh, e-commerce experience. And out of that, this is actually seven years ago, I started my first business, which was a gift card system, like a software as a service system. And you can you can kind of say everything started there. And yeah, now I'm kind of using still still working with gift cards, but with another approach, with a more wider approach. Yeah, so you have lots of experience uh, with monetary transactions over the the web and different forms for them. Exactly, exactly. So actually, what I did at PayPal, and maybe I explained it as well. So like a little story where I, where I came up with the first idea of um, building such a system. Uh, I was there responsible for the technical. Um, uh, yeah, technical sales team for the uh, region of Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. And what, what I have seen there was, uh, okay, I was like dealing with a lot of e-commerce merchants, e-commerce partners, where actually physical goods were bought online and traded and like shipped. But when I was like trying to buy a gift card from a local or a, a favorite restaurant, um, it was not possible. And I said, okay, that's, that's actually the quite of easiest mm-hmm. way for uh, some, sending something online. You just pay it and you get directly in a PDF or something. And this is where everything started. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And now you used all your knowledge to do some good, especially during this situation and help a lot of businesses stay afloat or survive at least uh, during these tough times, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, kudos. <clears throat> Exactly. And so, we, hmm? yeah. If you want to add anything else? Go. <laughs> yeah. So what we did there, maybe just explain it a bit. Um, we had immediately the idea of like, okay, when this lockdown was coming up, we had the idea, okay, what can we do? 
and it was quite of yeah immediately clear for us that we have the system and the technology to help and uh, the first move was okay actually we reduced our prices we said okay we are just running on our cost so that uh, the most of the revenue going through our system is going to the businesses who have no other revenue uh, or uh, yeah revenue uh, channel or income um, and then we built up these platforms and it was immediately going uh, after health in berlin was going crazy actually in the intro you said like uh, gesund dadurch or something the, the platform is called gemeinsam dadurch this is actually from the sparkasse um which we also built it was a german-wide platform um it's the same approach and we built all this within weeks and with like sleepless nights um yeah there's a lot of fun and now we are bringing this uh, in, in yeah, into the new business the whole motivation the whole energy um and we want to build more things and want to help more and support more local companies well you move really really fast which is great i, I love the energy of uh, business owners and business founders they always say the same thing it was uh It was hard, uh, low budget, painful, sleepless nights. Oh boy, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that, that's it actually. And we are still there. I still have sleepless nights, kind of. Um, still, still low budget, yeah, uh, especially in the new business. But uh, this is what, what, you, what you just said. What's driving us to, to yeah, to the whole energy out of this nonprofit project and these uh, local businesses, which were so thankful and uh, that we did this so there was just, this is just motivating us to like keep on going and uh, providing them good solutions um of course building also a business out of that which is uh, yeah growing and it makes money but also like uh, with the vision to like yeah make sure that our beautiful cities with all the unique stores and unique restaurants will stay like that and they will not die out this is what what keeps keeps us busy what keeps us awake at night and um what is motivating us um yeah to do so yeah. heartwarming motivation But and uh, you know pascal <clears throat> usually mm -hmm. we like to ask people what is their biggest leadership success story they've witnessed but mm -hmm. in this in your case i'm really curious like because a regional hero it is a success story and it's still growing like what what are like the leadership lessons like what did you do as a leader to ensure that regional hero is going to be a success and it's thriving as it is um yeah but actually to like yeah make sure that everybody in the team understands this mission and the vision we have and understands where we are where we are coming from and why we are doing this i think this is the the, the most important Like, uh, because we are really young, we're really, really in a young phase. People are coming from, or they're joining us because they wanted to help, they wanted to like do things. And this is, this is part of the DNA of this company. And it's, uh, 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 it's important that we keep it and that we keep it in mind of the team. Yeah, that we do, that we are doing that for these businesses and that we're building things, that we're listening to them, that we are close to these this business and also to the consumer to the end um, that we understand that we are like really like close so we understand them and also that we um, working together with a lot of partners because also this is a part of the success of of these platforms um, that was, we had never did this alone right we like had a lot of people working together with us especially also in the other regions 
And this was a part of the success. And this is also what we, what we also want to do at, uh, at Vision Hero, that you're working together with a lot of partners. Um, and uh, because I'm a complete strong believer in it, that, that this field of local SMBs um, is so huge, you cannot do it by your own. No company can actually handle this. Um, you need to work together with local partners, regional partners, technology partners, because you also don't want to build everything by your own. Uh, because you have a lot of things out there, you just have to use it and work together with established partners, established technology. And this is kind of part of our our core, uh, how we how we are working to make things fast. Because you you cannot be fast when you do everything by your own. That's not possible. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. true. And how do you how do you project your vision and make get like buy-in from your team and get them like to really feel that yes, this is something that's worthwhile and we should do it. Like, do you have like some action steps or something or a formula to, of doing it? Um, I, yes, sharing sharing success is one one of the things, right? Um, and also sharing customer feedback. Not not only the good ones, also the also the the, the, the negative ones, because you can learn from that. But um, yeah, involving the team in all of these things to say, okay, and, and also like being transparent about the result and how the things are developing. Yeah, so when like, um, yes, new registrations are coming in, then the salesperson is having success. I'm always uh, having to say, yeah, okay, don't tell it to me only, tell it to the complete team because we all do this. Yeah, you like better than, than the man uh, on, on, the, um, on the direct communication. But in the back end, there was like a developer building a product, but then there was a marketing person um, making some marketing bus. So it's a complete team. Uh, so the success of the success of the complete team. And this is, um, this is actually what makes, makes teams stronger at the end. Right? Yeah. And do you share the success um, by having like meetings where you discuss like the success, what happened, or do you send emails or is the team small enough to just do it informally? Like we got a new client, we helped this business, uh, this new yeah. feature got launched. Yeah, still kind of small, small, so that we actually kind of don't need so much meetings, and I, I, I really want to avoid, or I'm, I'm try to avoid any meeting possible. Um, so what we do, what we are doing, is just one one fixed meeting, and this is a daily, uh, every morning at nine o'clock for 15 minutes. We are like thinking each other in a in a call, and anybody has like actually just three questions to answer, um, which is actually. What have I done the day before? Or when it's Monday the day, uh, what have I done on Friday? What, I, what is my plan for today? And where do I need help? These are the three questions and anybody can actually answer those questions in a minute. And when there's like more, yeah, more topics or there, there is like more need to talk about a specific thing deeper, then these persons um, who are involved in this topic, they should meet afterwards and have a call afterwards one by one. Because um, having like six, seven people in a meeting where like two people are talking to each other is uh, a big waste of time. Not yeah. productive at all. Exactly. So this is our, our only regular meeting. And then we're using Slack. Yeah. So like anybody is like, actually, 
we started about WhatsApp and then we are using Slack and I have seen it a couple of times that uh, it's not that easy to move people from a WhatsApp group to Slack. It's really like you have to really uh, continuously saying use Slack, use Slack because they really um, are used uh, to use WhatsApp more. But we are there now that these that uh, the whole team is actually using using Slack. We have these channels and this is this is perfect for actually being synced with each other. Uh, and it's something that uh, I like to do like for my teams and the people that I'm working with and I, I recommend a lot is <clears throat> it's good to have a stand up and everything but when you have a, a situation when it's you and another person or two other people just be proactive set up a meeting with them and do it don't wait like for the whole team to be there so you can mm -hmm. have a discussion that wastes the whole team's time. And it's it's good to have as much communication as possible with the team members that you need to get a project done um, and, and do it as often as possible. It's something that should be encouraged and it's not something that has to go like through somebody like the manager or the team lead to set it up for the people inside the team because this it's not like <laughs> their children and getting them on a play date and the parents have to get together to, <laughs> to analyze it. They're yeah. adults and they can do it for themselves. Normally it should be as yeah. informal as possible. It's like two colleagues sitting at the desk working on separate tasks. If one of them has a difficulty, say, hey, listen, I'm working on this task. I need a fresh perspective. Maybe you can help me. Uh, that's basically your daily stand-up right there, but between two people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when there, when there is something, and for this is important that people know who, who to ask and that people actually like also know, okay, I actually I can ask anybody in the team. Yeah. So uh, there's, there shouldn't be, a, shouldn't be a fate or anything, which is sometimes the problem of like, yeah, maybe more junior, really like new team members. Um, <clears throat> what I'm doing there is like always saying them, okay, you just started, uh, you just joined the company. Um, right now, you don't have a full inbox, you don't have a full uh, to-do list. Meet anybody in the team. Use the time, make meetings with them, get to know them so you understand uh, <clears throat> and that you see the team so you can work with them and you understand what they're doing, right? Yeah, yes, that's how it should be. And <clears throat> I'm curious, Pascal, uh, we discussed yes. like, the success story, which is amazing and it's ongoing. Um, but what would be like the biggest leadership failure you had the unfortunate experience of witnessing? The biggest leadership? Failure. Failure. Um, so the biggest leadership failure, I would say like I, I was actually working for a company for like a couple of years ago where I was like in between German startup fields, I was kind of uh, also working in a 3D printing business. Um, and okay. there was a company called Formlets. And I don't know if you know them. Um, it's like a big uh, 3D printing company from the US. And I was responsible for kind of a yeah, huge service team, like kind of 40 people. And, um, but I was not feeling comfortable. Uh, in this, this, this situation, but I still tried it, tried it out to, to yeah, to, to um, work there and to motivate the team. And, um, but I was not hearing of my gut feelings. And so I was not, uh, I was in the end not the right person for this job, I would say, because I was not mm -hmm. the person um, 
for this topic. And so I really struggled to motivate the, the whole team and to like follow the, the, uh, the path, also the, the kind of guidance and rules uh, out of the um, US team. Um, and my failure was to, that I felt it, that I actually was, uh, before signing the contract, I was knowing it, but I still decided to, to do it. And, and uh, in the end, everything was like kind of going like, like I felt it before. So um, it was just like, in the end, I would say, yeah, the big failure to uh, actually join the company, join the team, because it wasn't a fit in the end. Yeah? So this, I would say, was both, uh, I would like call it like the biggest failure in like leadership, um, out of also like the, a failure of like actually making the right decision. And because it wasn't good for the team, right? So the team had like yes. expectations, they had like hope, there's like the, the, uh, the new leader coming, they really, they really like uh, um, welcomed me um, in a very good way. But yeah, that was, was not a right fit and it was like unfortunate also for the team. So actually we all lose time and energy at the end, I would say, which was um, unnecessary. Yeah, uh, it's something. It's I don't know. Sometimes it's good, like because you, you, sometimes you don't know if it's the pro, the the role you're going to take. If it's you're a little um, mm. afraid for for taking the role, or apprehensive. it's apprehensive about it, or it's not a really good fit. Sometimes you have to jump in and take the role to to get like clear about is it something that's maybe I I wasn't ready and I have to work a little and grow into it. Mm. to be able to do it or is this something that truly i do not want to do because i i don't have a vision and i'm mm. not going to i'm not i thought i won't like it and it's true i'm not liking it and yeah then it's uh it's a situation where you have to basically step down and say look it didn't work out i did my best it's not you it's me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but then there's also like good and this is what i did Actually, I was really like thinking about it. Uh, I was there for one year at the end, but um, I also you know, also had success and I was like built some things with the team. But then not after one year, I really said um, um, also to my uh, supervisor in this company, um, I, I don't think it's the right place. Uh, I think there's like there there, would, there might be other people or there are other people who are like fitting better into the company and can actually. Like, drive this team more to success than, than I am because I'm, I'm not feeling uh, in the right position and I'm, uh, I can do other things and other things better and what's also like keeps me motivated and brings me like further. Um, and this is like what when you, when you're aware of that, you have to also to make this decision as well and to like make the, the right step then, right? And exactly. this is what I did to the end. Yeah. And afterwards, I was uh, going into the uh, gift card business again. Actually, I sold my first uh, uh, business in between. And then I was joining uh, another one and built it up for two years. And it was, I was much, much directly, much more motivated, much more driven, I had much better results. So it was just a better fit. Right. Awesome. And my question to you is when you, when you told, I had the conversation with management that you want to, it's not a fit. Did you also recommend for somebody in, inside the team to take over the position? So can you repeat the question? Did you have like a recommendation for a person to take over your position? From, from the company. Ah, um, 
Um, yes, sure. And actually, like, uh, there was a person internally who, who uh, actually even I said he is able to do that. And they had the recommendation um, for, um, it was more specific like, for, the, for the business, but in general of actually, like, yeah. No, but, but that's, that's great. Uh, you yeah, did exactly good. what a leader would do yeah. because, look, I might not be able to, I don't feel like, it's a fit in this position to lead this team, but you can spot talent and people that will be better at it than you and say, look, I have to step down, but I think this person would do an awesome job. Delegate. Uh, yeah, and you should uh, you should get them in this position. Exactly. And this is what I supposed also, like I was like, like we talk, I talked about it as my supervisor, about a person who can actually take over my position. And uh, yeah, and this is like what he did. And then uh, this was, we talked openly about that and also about how I see that and how, about how I see the chances. And, uh, and eventually it also worked out. So the whole team was also accepting him because he was like somebody already there. And yeah. And, yet it was, and you still was, have friends yeah. in that company. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and Pascal, based on your experience, which is really varied and you work like in super big corporations and small startups, um, what is your leadership philosophy? Um, I would like to say my philosophy is really like to, yeah, to um, actually learn, learning by doing. And this is like always the case. Like every person, every team uh, um, should have the possibility to, to learn con constantly um, with the job, what they are doing and with the things they are doing. So you have, you have experts, you're also hiring experts, of course, for specific topics. But even even there, they have to learn, and like especially in these fast-moving times, things are changing, and things are changing everywhere and every topic. Um, doesn't matter where and what topic you are the expert, you always have to constantly learn learn about new things. And this is what I'm like engaging. The other thing is like um, that it has to be clear that anybody can learn from anybody. So actually, I'm not a big fan of hierarchies, for example. And especially not of like that uh, um, the CEO or the, the highest manager is the person uh, or this this person who has to know everything. It's not uh, it's not possible. And actually, like any person can learn from any other person. This is also like what I'm absolutely uh, approaching um, to do so, right? To be yes. to learn from anybody always and. Yeah, this is actually what I believe in. Yeah, and also like bring people into and, and like, like, yeah, pushing them into cold water sometimes so that they also can make mistakes. <laughs> yeah? So that's, that's how you learn. Uh, and you learn quick, I think, when you're like, but they have just to try out things and they are, maybe they have like, mm, some they are like uh, scary about things, but it's good because they're learning from them and they're growing with that, with the challenges. Which they have to have. And they are totally fine to, uh, to also do mistakes on, on the way. So, so this is yes. part of learning. Yeah. Look, if you, if you want your people to learn, you have to accept the fact that they're going to do mistakes and yeah. live with them. And, yeah. and you're right. You, you cannot, you, you can invite people into cold water, but they probably will not uh, be that <laughs> proactive at doing it. Sometimes you need to push them <laughs> into yeah. the cold water. Hey, look at that! What? We're here. Look. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Some 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 people are in a kind of in a 
really big comfort zone, right? They are like yes. they're doing the things, and some some there are also people I also learned on my way. Also people who are totally fine with that. They just don't want to do anything else, and they're really like just doing one field. And if this is really like a topic of the company where like this is just a topic that needs to be done, okay, then uh, that's fine. But um, still, also there, I'm still um, trying always to like, okay, do you want to like maybe do there something? Do you want to go to this uh, kind of trade show? Do you want to like go to this network meeting? Learn other people, same people. All of these things are, I think, important. So that yeah, they see they don't. So that any people also like is, uh, has the chance to look outside, yeah, out of the business, out of the box, actually. <laughs> And, and I like also like your idea, which is which is also out of the box. If you consider it's like if you have people um, people at the start of their career in more junior positions, they should be proactive and go and learn from the CEO or the CFO or yeah. COO, whoever it is, and get start conversation and learn stuff as fast as possible. And don't think like just because you're like just starting out somehow there you cannot talk with people they're in the, they're there in the yeah. office usually they have their doors open um just go and strike up a conversation as long as you make it about business and it, they see that is going to help you become more productive and a greater asset for the company they're going to be thrilled to help to help you and guide you oh yeah they'll surely appreciate your your gumption yeah but also and i think this is like also a part also, the CEO should be uh, kind of open to learn from the from the intern who just recently started. Yes. And the intern should also have the feeling that actually, ah, really, I said you something new. This is this is so motivating for for people, for especially for like young people who just started the company. When the CEO is like, ah, actually, this I didn't know. This is like really really interesting. This is so motivating, and uh, and it's also. Of course, they also have to tell something completely new or something where uh, the CEO is learning from because they're they're maybe just coming out of the university or they're coming from a completely different field, maybe even from a different country, different culture. So there are so many aspects yes. where a person can also teach you something, right? And so this is this so important. And, and since we're talking about people um, starting out in their career, what would be the top three leadership tips you have for aspiring leaders? Uh, so, yeah, so like with what I said, um, when the first is not trying to build a kind of a big hierarchy and do some micromanaging. I think this is... Oh my God, no. don't know if I have to tell it uh, uh, anymore, but I think they're still out there that to be a really like micromanage other people. And this is never, never a good thing because uh, it's not driving productivity it's not like motivating the people um that's the first thing the second comes bit with that because like um you have to trust your employees yeah you have to give them the trust yes. and like when you trust them you don't have to micromanage for example and when you cannot trust the person in your team yeah when you really like it happens you really have a person like or you hired somebody or like another or like yeah you have somebody in your in your team and you cannot trust them you have to you have you have to have let them go that's, I really believe in that because when you have a person which you cannot trust, you shouldn't work with this person, right? So you make you have to make the decision. Yes. Uh, otherwise, it's like a poison for the whole team. Um, and 
be transparent about actually what you are doing. Yeah? Also like as a leader, as a manager, this is what I experienced a lot uh, during my different stations that, um, and it's not easy to do, I have to say, um, but to try to be as transparent as possible because the team is always asking actually, what, what is he doing? What is he doing the whole time? Because they don't know. Right? Yes. Because some, sometimes they also have no clue what's all, what's going on because they are like maybe the person who are like having, being in a service uh, field, uh, answering like hundreds of service tickets from customers. And they just see you as a manager, like always in meetings. Yeah. And then you're starting to ask, what is he doing all this? When you, when you don't tell them. Yeah? So you have to be transparent <laughs> as much as possible. Of course, there are always topics that you cannot share with the complete team. But um, everything what's, what's possible, you should be transparent and should you like, um, yeah, ongo an ongoing phase, uh, inform people what's going on, how is the business going, um, what are the next steps, what is the vision, are we on track? I think that's very important as well. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's the, the last step is super important. You as a leader also having basically a sort of stand up where uh, yeah. telling the people like what have you done and what are you working on and what what progress you're making and what is going on um, and what that means for people yes because if not people are going to sit around the office drinking a coffee and discussing like trying to guess what you're doing or not doing mm -hmm. or it seems like he's always in his office doesn't do anything why why are we working so hard for him when yeah. he's not working or doing anything for the company uh, which yeah. which might not be true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When there's like gossip starting and right, these kind exactly. of things, right? This is yeah, it's also like energy or, that is like going away. Or you might be flying all over the country to sign new contracts and uh, secure new funding for the company, and they think that you're home relaxing yeah. with your empty with, office with your children <laughs> and uh, enjoying time and going to the pool and going through <laughs> to nature and having basically a constant vacation while they're working in the office doing your job <laughs> yeah, especially now right where like a lot of people are working from home but it's also in, in, in like a little side story but also interesting to see um <clears throat> because i am like always mostly was a promoter of um, home uh, work, work from home and having and giving people the flexibility and even working working from holiday yeah or working from out from like they are traveling also this is like something which i am actually believe in that this is working um when the tasks are allowing it of course and the interesting thing is right now like with the with the lockdown and that people are kind of or companies are kind of were forced to bring their employees uh, um, or make able that they can work from home and even like really top tier managers posted on linkedin and said Oh, really? That's uh, really amazing. I actually work from home and it's kind of very productive. I just would never have expected that. So it's something like, I was, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> how the, this thing was opening uh, people's eyes and really like even high, uh, yeah, top tier managers were kind of uh, experienced uh, working from home and said, actually, it's working. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they, they, some some of them feel like they just discovered fire. Oh my God, you yeah. can cook stuff. It's it's so efficient. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, you're if you're a professional, you're more productive if you're working from home or remote because you have fewer distractions than at the office. 
Exactly. Uh, exactly. And you can manage them better, the distraction. And you, tend, and you tend to work more because you, you base your schedule around 24 hours. So you're always <laughs> working. You're, you're always close to the office because, well, guess what? You live in, in your <laughs> office. <laughs> yes. And, and this is also like an effect which is uh, uh, that is found out. People are working from home are also working, of, especially people from the team. Uh, they're working more because they actually don't want that other people are thinking that they're not doing anything. And that's the reason yes. that they're even like trying harder to show, hey, actually I'm working and there are my results. And this is the reason that yes. they're working harder. Yeah. That, that's so. ah, you gave the secret away yes <laughs> the psychology behind why it happens no it's really hard when you're working for home to gauge how much the rest of the team is working so you, you usually you overwork when you're working yeah. for home because you're in the, when you're in the office you can see okay jane eh, she's slacking a little off uh, jim is getting a coffee you can see exactly what, especially in the open offices, you oh, get yeah. to see exactly how much work everybody's getting done. So yeah. you can gauge and adjust your level of work to their level of work because, hey, if it's permitted and it's okay, why do more? Yeah. yeah. But it also, it can fall into the other, um, other uh, extremes. So it's very important for managers and uh, to to take care of their people, to make sure they do not overwork themselves. I know it's nice when you can see that they're very productive. So instead of telling them, listen, you're overworking your, them, yourself, you can you can do it like a reward. You did yeah. such a great job. Um, have a day off. Have a Friday off. Yes. You're above That's schedule. Uh, relax a little, spend some time with the with the family. We will not contact you unless it is an absolute emergency. So have a have a day off on us and uh, enjoy yourself and that will yep. be very appreciated oh as a leader you have to manage burnout if not you oh, you, yeah. you risk burning out all the whole teams and then who's going to work you lose your best people yes absolutely true and this is what i'm uh, like i remember and yeah i can i can say also like when i was working at paper i really can say paper is a great um, employer um, and actually they did this, they like, uh, we had, uh, so really there were offsites and one offsite we had a paper was exactly under this topic. So no presentations, uh, nothing really like happening. We have a day off as a, as a complete team and we are relaxing. So we really like just made kind of, yeah, some, awesome. some normal, normal awesome. stuff. Yeah, the, the whole team for one day, we had like, we were like actually, or it's like um, yeah, strawberry, strawberry picking, for example, was one part of it. And we like went to a little uh, um, yeah, house, like kind of a castle with like a big, nice lunch in a, in a nice uh, garden. So it was everything under the topic. We just have a, have a day off with the whole team and relax. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah? This was, this was we still have positive memories about that workplace. Absolutely. Yeah. I always have it in my memories. And uh, yeah, right now I even promoted a, a paper as a good employer. So, <laughs> ah, so you actually promote them and recommend people to, to go work exactly. there. See? Endless benefits. Endless benefits. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm sure that, uh, as you've probably uh, previously told us, you learned a lot of things from experience and a lot of things from uh, good and great uh, leaders. 
but I'm also sure you learn a lot of stuff from books. So can you please share with us what is the book that had the most profound impact on you? Yes. Actually, uh, I would say there are two. There's one like really business where okay. startups, which is uh, the hard thing about the hard things from Ben Howitt. You might know it. Oh, I heard about that one. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I like this book because it's like, um, yeah, it really says the truth about what, what it means to start a business and what kind of faces you have to, to challenge. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, just say, saying it and saying it like directly. Um, it not, it's not only saying, okay, what you have to do to be successful and then it comes to success. Uh, so it's really saying, no, it's like there are like things which you cannot even think of, right? Which happening on the way to, um, yeah, to start a successful business. And, and you have to do really hard decisions on the way. Um, like firing people, like, like all these kind of things, which are, which are part of the business. It doesn't make you like a, 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 a bad person or like, yes, they're challenging and which, which needs to be done on the way. And also like having sleepless nights, having like, uh, um, yeah, being afraid of the, of the future because you don't know if everything is running smoothly, all these things. Which every founder is knowing, uh, waking up at night and see, okay, actually, can I, can I even like, uh, um, don't know, have, do I have enough money for my family uh, the next month? Yeah, these things are happening to founders on the way, and this is what the book is telling, and this was really like, uh, um, yeah, a uh, great to 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 read this and to um, yeah to get understanding about this. The second um, is actually Factfulness from, from Hans Rosling. It's more like a kind of a book which is actually talking about um, actually about the good development of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the world. Yeah? Um, and what he was doing as a scientist, um, I, think in, I think in Sweden, he's not alive anymore, but he was actually like um, really putting um, a lot of like analysis uh, into numbers of the um, of how the world is doing. And for example, how many um, <clears throat> girls on, uh, in the world have the um, possibility to go to school? And oh, he asked this question oh. to different kind. What would you say, actually? He created metrics for uh, exactly. uh, for people to actually see, and not instead of it being theory, can be based Measure. with uh, with statistics and real data real world data cool so you can base your thinking or something solid yeah. yeah and he asked people um even from the um, unicef even from the uh, really like from the highest uh, kind of university from harvard university students so really high educated people and he asked him just these, these people these questions and they were like normally the most of were wrong about the estimation, about the feeling, what is really going on in the world. Like, for example, the question, how many girls um, are able to actually uh, yeah, go, go to school? Um, I think it's like the answer is like above 90%, but the most people were saying like, okay, definitely below 50%, right? And yeah. Yeah. he was like bringing it up and say, okay, like the feeling of the people, how the, 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 yeah, the world is doing is yeah, it's actually totally wrong because the whole world is actually getting better completely. Exactly. Yeah? There are much less wars, much less dead people, much less sickness, 
okay, maybe Corona was shaking it a bit again, but in general, there's like a lot of positive things uh, happening and this is in every place of the world. Yeah, even on the purest countries in the world, also they are getting better and getting like more educated. Well, Pascal, you know that good news doesn't sell papers or doesn't get people glued to the TV. Nor does it travel fast because... I don't know why. Most people are attracted, like, especially when it comes to news or information, to the negative side of it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Is, and also... Medias and also social medias, right? They are yeah. kind of, yeah, kind of, uh, um, yeah, pushing it. And also people take cues when they were asked how many girls go uh, around the world, have access to schools and learning. It would, uh, they would have probably answered the same if people asked, how many children in the world uh, can afford shoes and not go barefoot? And mm. simply because the questions is asked, you would never say like, you would never expect them going every one of them or almost all yeah. of them because that's anticlimactic. Yeah. So they would say 50%, 40%. Uh, also, the the way you ask questions yeah. can skew the response a little, a little, a little. But it's true. Most people have a, a view. It's formed by social media and a the bias. media itself. It forms all kinds of biases, and even our friends and our families forms all kinds of biases about how we perceive the world. And, and that's why, you, if you want to see, go out and see for yourself how the world is study it, do it, research, you might be surprised to find out that actually we're on the right track. And once mm -hmm. this, uh, this uh, uh, situation with, um, uh, with um, COVID-19 slows down or hopefully actually alleviates itself, and I cannot stress this enough, go and yeah. travel. This, mm -hmm. the, this is the best education you can get on a budget is to travel True. and meet people and cultures. And sure. speak with people, because you know one thing that I I saw a lot of smart people do, people way smarter than me. If they're sick of a problem in their country, they travel to other countries and ask them, "Hey, do you have this problem? Yes, no, no. Okay, did you have it? Yes. How did you solve it? And then compare, compare um, situations. It's amazing. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, traveling is really like definitely gives you a lot of things, a <laughs> lot of insights. And also here again, right? Also like learning from different cultures. It's, yeah, so powerful. Right. Like, uh, the idea is to go to a different culture to yeah. learn something because if you travel in the same country or go to a country that has mainly the same culture, you're not going to get as much as, <laughs> as traveling to a really different culture than, than yours. And stay away exactly. from the tourist areas. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Speak yeah. with the locals. Tourist areas, every, 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 we are the same, basically, right? We have the same um, things there and the same people, okay. like kind of what they, they want to try to sell and so on. You're learn, learning there. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Go into the uh, real world of any country they can learn from, from other people and other mindsets. Yeah. Exactly. Words to live by. And Pascal, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Um, I think the easiest way is LinkedIn. I'm like more, okay. more um, actually active on LinkedIn, um, especially like uh, yeah, also with my with my new companies, um, also like yeah, showing their presenting game on, on my answers. 
Um, they can also reach me via email. So it's actually pascal at regionalhero.com. So like, yeah, you can reach me there. I'm kind of um, getting emails there and uh, trying to reply as fast as possible. Um, and, and yeah, this is like, I think these are the best ways to, to reach me. Um, and I'm happy that when everybody, yeah, like I said, um, we are really like, we want to work with a lot of partners together because we believe in it. Um, we are right now having projects in Berlin, starting in Munich, going more and more to Germany, but also like in uh, the next phase, um, we want to do the same in Europe. And <clears throat> we're actually also looking for persons and this is what we also uh, want to do. We are, we are doing it in Berlin, uh, as uh, also we operate in Berlin by ourselves. Um, but for other regions, we are actually are looking for operators on sites because we believe you have to be in these regions to be successful in the region. And when anybody is interested to, uh, um, yeah, to do something in their region, uh, somewhere in Europe, um, just reach out to me and then um, we can talk and see we are totally open to provide our knowledge or know-how or technology for building up um, the same things that we're doing in Berlin and other regions. Awesome. So to the people listening who want to collaborate with uh, with Pascal and his company and be a regional hero and be a regional hero in their own region, uh, reach out, check out the show notes. Uh, I'll put links in the show notes for, for how to reach Pascal. Just reach out to him and go for it. Well, thank you so much, Pascal, for coming on the show. It's been a true pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me too. Bye. Bye. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share, please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.